You're listening to the Big Locals Podcast, a podcast platform built to serve the locals. Join us as we follow the innovative, eccentric, and movers and shakers of the Denver community. Brought to you by the not-so-local host, Ian Jimeno. Shop local, support local. Big Locals Podcast. You see that my behavior's unacceptable So kind of standing unnecessarily critical I have the tendency of getting very physical So watch your step, cause if I do you need a miracle You drain me dry, make me wonder why I'm even here The double vision I was seeing is finally clear You wanna stay but you know very well I want you gone Not fit to never turn the ground and I'm walking Oh, when it gets cold outside and you got nobody Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Big Local Podcast. I am your host, Ian Jimeno, and I am so excited to introduce you to Katie Wall and Courtney Jacobson of The Culture Biz. Thank you for uh, being patient with my Louis Armstrong uh, impersonation. Um, you'll understand why I decided to do the little impression further on in this episode. But um, I was quite impressed by the product and services The Culture Biz provides, uh, including The Culture Crate. Uh, the retreat crate, to guiding online meetings, to a more culture-oriented and ultimately business-oriented business um, for any online things. Katie and Courtney and I even try out one of the games found in the culture crate, and you just got to listen to see how it turned out. And once you do, let me know how in the comments, how you liked it, or in the DMs, what your interpretation of a schmoobly bop is. Um, that's kind of where Louis Armstrong came from. So... <laughs> So from statistics from Forbes showing the importance of having some fun before a meeting to understanding that the child's mindset of being in the moment is very important as an adult, I was so engaged in the conversation that I almost forgot to end the podcast. <laughs> I guess you could say I was living in the present then. Uh, also, Katie and Courtney so graciously decided to provide a discount code of Big Locals 20, all one word, for 20% off of a crate of your choice from their website. What? Honestly, with my love of board games, I might just order one for myself and the next family reunion uh, and have a little fun that way. Thanks, Katie and Courtney. Be sure to leave a like, follow, subscribe, review, five stars, or whatever for the podcast. I want the world to hear about the up-and-coming Denver entrepreneurs and artists of this day and age. As far as shoutouts go, Katie and Courtney wouldn't have been able to get this far without their own support foundation. Every person and organization they mention is in the show notes for your benefit. And the featured artist that I will be playing throughout the episode was specifically requested by Katie. The acapella group Face Local Band, aka Face, is one talented group with a plethora of skills to make you think, Whoa, wait a sec, there's no additional sound effects to this? They are super good. These five bandmates... Uh, recently came out with an album titled Rewind, and they're playing all around Colorado and Wyoming in the coming months. And speaking of which, definitely check them out for the Christmas Collection Tour, uh, playing in Fort Collins, Lone Tree, Boulder, Loveland, and Colorado Springs, among other places, even in Wyoming. Their cover of Maroon 5's Harder to Breathe is featured on this episode. Maybe you even recognized it. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Katie and Courtney of The Culture Biz. Like a beautiful cloud in the face of a monster that lives in the dreams. Is there anyone out there that's getting harder and harder to breathe? Is there anyone out there that's getting harder and harder to breathe? Katie and Courtney of The Culture Biz. Welcome to the Big Locals Podcast. How are you? We're doing awesome. Thanks for having us. So excited to be here. Thanks, Ian. Of course. It is my pleasure, genuinely. And uh, Courtney, I want to say, first of all, congratulations on the little one. Thank you. Uh, having another person to the culture biz as the chief nap officer is quite <laughs> official. Love it. She is She is crushing it. She is doing her job most of the time. A raise is deserved, if anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that yet. We're, we're still, you know, checking her performance, but we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till the six month uh, review. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. How is, um, I mean, how is that whole process? Are you a new mom now, Courtney? Uh, me, yeah, this was our first. Uh, so Marley was born in, uh, yeah, mid August. 
she came a couple weeks early and so she was like five and a half pounds and now we're um six weeks plus and uh yeah she's getting bigger and cuter and all those good things she was cute from the get-go don't don't let her tell you that she she was she was adorable she's the cutest little thing ever i just want to squish her <laughs> cheeks <laughs> for sure those chubby cheeks and you katie you're in a, you're an experienced mom now I would um, put experience in quotation marks. Um, I'm I'm a mom. I have two children, and I don't think uh, I, I'm failing forward. I think in parenting is just like testing the waters every day. And we we survived through virtual schooling last year, which I never ever 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 want to do again. Um, but yes, we I've been doing it for a little being longer. Really modest. Her kids are wonderful humans that already make a big difference in their crowd. So there, she's she's just. <laughs> downplaying her role in that. <laughs> Y'all are just Thanks. modest creatures. I love it. I'd rather <laughs> it be that way than um, arrogance. So I love it. <laughs> How long have you both been living in Colorado or even in the Denver area? Oh, you should go first. Oh, so I'm a local. I'm like the rare <laughs> Denver native. Um, so I've been here for, I mean, most of my life. I took a little bit of time in California and came back and this is where my family is. And we actually all live within about like three or four miles of each other. Um, so it's, it's good. It's really nice. It's, you know, it's nice to be back. Denver's great. Awesome. And you, Katie? I have been in Colorado for about 11 years now, I think. So I, I'm a little bit nomadic. I, I grew up in Arizona and then moved. Uh, actually, I, I spent a couple years in Colorado going to college, CU. Both Courtney and I are buffs. Woohoo! Um, and then I moved to, yeah, I moved to LA for a little bit. And then we moved back to Denver uh, just about 11 years ago. Awesome. I consider that a local. I mean, 11 years Do is a you? good amount of time to be spending there. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I think, I think like Courtney said, locals are rare. So 11, everyone's like moving here in the, in the next couple of years. So. But you beat the ski traffic. And I, I think that is yes. like really the indicator of if you're a local enough or you can be rounded up. Yeah. I like to say that I moved here before Union Station was cool. And that makes me feel good. <laughs> now it's amazing. That's all I know Union Station as. And how did you two meet? Maybe here in Denver, I assume. Yeah. Um, so I, I've known Courtney uh, sort of off and on for a little bit. We met each other at a local community um, center. And at the time, so I'm a facilitator by trade. And at the time, my kids were kind of hanging out at the community center. I'd seen Courtney. Um, I have been a little bit, I've been kind of a fan of hers since I've known her. Um and we just got talking a little bit about play. I was just kind of sitting there and I was about to facilitate a, a workshop on intergenerational play. Um, and Courtney kind of came up to me and we had a conversation about play. And I think that was like where the embers of our partnership started because she she was she geeked out on play, I think, in a way that I've never experienced before, but in such a different way that I um, was a fan of play. And I think that's really where um, I started to really see like potential partnership opportunities there. Um, and I'll let her tell her side of the story because it's a little bit different than mine, but um, <laughs> kind of like a good relationship. There's always yeah. there's always two different stories. Um, and then I approached her with a very, very rough prototype of one of our prepackaged crates uh, about just about just over two years ago now. We socialized and I showed her this little prototype. And that's uh, that's where we got started, I think, with our product. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's you kind of covered it all. And I think the only thing I would add is that. Katie and I sort of started talking about play and we were just, you know, we're friendly. And then somehow both were asked to help rewrite a job description. And I remember both of us like distinctly sitting in this meeting and we were like, you guys, of course, no one's applying. Like this job <laughs> yes. is really boring. <laughs> and like the language that we're using is like, it's not that it needs to be, you know, like fun or whatever, but at least it needs to be a little more human. And so I do, I very also distinctly remember sitting in that meeting saying like, hey, let's like breathe a little bit of life into this. And so like from, you know, sort of like the play end, which we both kind of geeked out on and then also on the strategic end, I was yeah. like, okay, cool. She's got both. This is this is awesome. I forgot about that. That's so funny. We were really talking about culture too, like how to share the culture of the company so the job mm -hmm. looks looks and sounds better. So you want to be a part of the community. That's so funny. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was, I'm so glad you guys brought that up because I was going to ask this later on. Um, but I feel like this is a great segue into it, but you know, in my transition from certain employers, you know, looking at job descriptions, I feel like nowadays you're seeing a lot more emphasis on culture. Mm. We want someone that fits into the culture of the business. Like that's a really vague term, but nonetheless, it is very important. 
you know, having that right person fit in. And I feel like at a certain point you have a skewed, um, I guess, uh, preference over that social IQ rather than industry IQ, you know, like, how would you describe that? Like, culture fit. I mean, no matter what culture it is, you know, you want to make sure that these people are like team players and maybe what are some other things that you would look for in someone that fits in a culture? No, I think it's like, I think it's a great, like so timely too, right? Where, you know, now more than ever people, I, first of all, like, especially millennials and, you know, and, and like a lot of people, I think, you know, from different generations, but even more so now you identify with where you work very often. And so like a part of you, you know, you feel like a big piece of you, you're bringing yourself to work. Um, and, mo- you know, most people don't, you know, close off and then go home and have a very separate life. Like we want to like merge our identities all over where we are. Um, and so feeling good at work, wanting to go to work and having that motivation is one of the biggest pieces of, uh, you know, like our professional lives. And certainly as, as we're starting to see these cultural trends as well. Um, and, and there's all, you know, there's statistics out there all over the place that most people, and so when I say most, like 65% of employees would rather be at a place where they want to go to work. And so that, you know, that's a huge indicator on culture and, you know, getting up and being motivated to do your best and to leave that, you know, to bring that identity each and every day is so important. Yeah. We want to love what we do. I think now more than ever, especially as the work is changing and we're hybrid, like, so we're working from bedrooms or, you know, offices in the house or sometimes coming into the office. I think it's really important to think about culture because we are that it's not a nine to five job anymore, right? We're working sometimes in the evening or with our children running around or our pets or whatever. So culture, I think, is is becoming a hot button ticket, a conversation because it's so imperative, because people would rather get paid less to be in a place they love than have a really amazing paying job, but not like what, what they do. So I think it's just important. I think especially organizations too have to hone in on what is their special sauce? Like what makes them unique out of every other organization that makes you want to work there? Because it's a it's a market now where people are, um, there, there's a lot of unemployed people who are looking for jobs. There's a, you know, there's less jobs to be filled. So there's a whole bunch of opportunity to sell your company culture. So really honing in on your uniqueness, I think yeah. is what makes people want to work with you. Yeah. And, and I think like the flip side is, you know, it's hard to find the right person, right? Like interviews are not always the way to do it. And so, you know, we, we hope that, you know, some of the other, there's like all these other ancillary ways to know if it's the right person um, by, you know, what kind of participation they want at work during meetings, at, you know, and, and then also like for those happy hours that we may have, I don't know if we do them right now or with the <laughs> virtual, company, but, virtual happy um, hours. you know, it's hard, it's hard to tell from just an interview. So that's where like language is so important and just trying to gauge where people are at um, cause it's so easy to say, oh, I'm a culture person and then actually yeah. not do anything about it. And, and, you know, from our perspective, we say like, you need to regularly intentionally build culture, um, or it can fall apart. No, I'd say it's foundational. I yeah. mean, it's what really attracts people these days. And it's really like an employer focused age right now. You yes. Know? And, um, or I guess employee focused age, not That's just right. employer. Yeah. But, um, you know, even just like driving by certain drive-throughs uh, over at Arby's or Wendy's or something like that, they're paying 16 bucks an hour just to get someone to come in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really like, there's a lot of power to the employees where they can really choose where they want to work. And right. it's not just the pay, but it's also the terms, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's also like, what is that culture? Like, what is my daily grind going to be like? You know, I don't want it to be a grind. I want it to be a well-oiled machine with people that I enjoy yes. maybe within my demographics too. So it's really interesting time we're living in. I also think too, that if the culture of your company is solid and the people within your team are happy, then the work is better. So we know that Mm -hmm. the bottom line gets better and better if your team is happy. They show up, they are more creative, they work better together. So it really, it is, I think it was Forbes that said that team building is the most important investment you can make in your company. And that's for good reason, because if your team is happy, the work is better. Well, and then the other thing, the other side is that when their breakdowns are big hurdles, people are willing to dig in a little bit more because they're connected and they know that there's either, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel or that they're going to be supported through some of the murkiness that they need to get through. That's right. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times where a problem arose and it's like above my pay grade. Yes. (laughs) 
Right. And I think what's amazing about companies, I think, that really prioritize culture is when a problem comes, people dig in their heels and they're like, we want to solve this problem because we love where we work, because we like what we do. It's not just like above my pay grade. It's not a, a leadership responsibility. I, as an individual contributor, as a member of this team, can help solve this problem because I've been empowered to. I think the second part of that too is failure. Like if I, if my leadership says to me, we support failure, we want you to try and fail. This is a culture of failure because we know when we fail, we identify the best solutions and we learn. Then I think that's also how we dig in in challenging times because we're willing to, to put an idea out there that might be like completely out of the box and maybe it's not going to work, but maybe we can iterate on it and build something better. Oh man, I, I don't know where I did this with, but that same exact situation that you're describing where it's an activity where there are no wrong answers, let's just brainstorm and just blurt it out, right? It could be a, completely stupid and out of the blue, but let's just hear it, you know? Yeah. That way, you know, people are uninhibited and you can actually contribute something, first of all, and you feel like you're contributing something even no matter how unrelated it is. But second of all, like someone might be able to branch off that topic and actually come up with a solution for that problem based on that wacky idea, right? We are all Absolutely. about the wacky ideas. <laughs> yeah. Because I we, we know, you know, studies show too, that the wackiest ideas are the ones that actually help drive business. Like they're the ones that you build on that then like, Ian, you have an amazing way to yes and my idea and continue to build on it and build on it. And then we're not sure whose idea it was, but we know this is the idea that we want. And I think that's what I think at the culture biz, we talk a lot about brainstorming and how to brainstorm effectively, because we know when it's done right, it can really help come kind of create those outside of the box, really solid ideas. Brilliant. And I think we've teased enough on the culture biz. Let's <laughs> actually talk about the culture biz. Um, so what exactly is the culture biz and what services or goods do you guys provide? Awesome. Um, so the culture biz is a subscription service for teams, or I should say we have a number of different services, but one of our primary services is subscription box for teams. Um, and so what that means is anything you need um, at the beginning of a meeting or retreats, we have it for you. And so it's quarterly, you know, it's set up for quarterly teams, um, anywhere from six people all the way up to 100 if you have it. Um, some of the other services that we offer are um, virtual, uh, virtual team building as well, um, as well as um, team workshops and leadership development workshops. I think one of the things that we that we we like to say is that play is a ritual. So at the Culture Biz, we really help teams build their unique culture through play. Um, and play kind of is a stigma word at, at work. I think we often think we can't play at work or we don't have time to play at work. So what we do at the Culture Biz is we use intentional activities, kind of like what we talked about with the brainstorming activity, where it's it's intentionally developed to help teams build connection build culture, and then we provide debrief questions to help teams connect what they just experienced back to work. So a lot of times, like when teams culture build, they go offsite, they do ropes courses, they do top golf, whatever they do. And then they just come back and do business as usual. Um, and we love that stuff. We think it's amazing. It's great culture building. And what we do that's different than them is that the culture biz provides activities that are really around a theme that people deal with at work. So brainstorming, collaboration, creative communication, all of that stuff. Um, and then we debrief it because it's really about those opportunities to group learn where we make connections to each other. We make connections to the work. All activities are prepackaged. We provide everything that you need, including instructions and debrief questions um, so that teams can play together and do it as a ritual. Oh, brilliant. And I think the aspect that you personalize it and it's very work related yeah makes it that much more um you know it, it creates a deeper bond even within that network of work you know yeah and a lot of uh, it's weird to say but like inside jokes can really come in at work and it really totally. just you know it, it's it's a bigger friendship that you really start to develop with certain people like, Hey, the cubicle next to you, you had no idea yeah. he was into baseball, mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. So I was going to say relationships, I think are everything at work. So it's a commodity. Your relationships with people are a commodity. So if I'm struggling with something and I need an outside the box thinker and I've just played an activity where I know Courtney is an amazing outside the box thinker, I'm going to come to her first. Or if like we start, we like create a secret handshake or we have a joke that happens in between us. That's the foundation for building a relationship and right now, especially teams are more disconnected than ever before because of this virtual environment. And so I think that 
that connection piece is so foundational to the happiness of, of your, your team. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And this whole concept of play, like you said, is a stigma yep. where, you know, time spent playing is time spent away from work. What would you say to someone that just doesn't completely agree with you and doesn't want to, let's say maybe, I don't know, that 10 minute session on a Friday afternoon yeah. when everyone's yeah. sort of like done anyways, like, like, what do you say to someone like that? This so, is our favorite question. This is yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the concept of what we do. To be quite honest, um, I mean, I think I think what we say is first of all, most of the time there's like and there's like studies about meetings and all of this kind of thing because our whole business is built around a lot of research as well. So it's not just like the loosey goosey fun part of uh, you know the other construct of what play often means, but really there's this profundity that comes out of playing and really at the the foundation of it is connection and play is the vehicle. And so what we would say to them is that these activities are really intentional. They're 10 to 15 minutes at the beginning of your meeting, or it can be, we have longer ones too, at the beginning of your retreat, when you have a little more time with the same people. And and really what they do is they either frame your meeting, they frame your day from something that is play-based with a more profound message at the end. And so that's what Katie was talking about with the debrief at the end, where there's, you know, just like little questions that can come out or just like poignant things that can, that I don't know, just kind of surface. Um, maybe not at every moment of the, of the activities, but like certainly throughout it. Um, and as Katie said, you're slowly, but surely we're building up that culture because people feel like their ideas are heard. They feel safe to share. Um, and mm. it's not just the, the hippo effect or the highest paid person's opinion in the room. Yeah. Right. Which normally gets <laughs> taken. It, it hopefully levels the playing field quite a bit as well, where everybody feels that you matter, your voice matters. Um, and, just, you know, how to, how to get along and get, get, I don't know, innovating with other people. The other thing I'll say to you is that if you, we've all been in a staff meeting. So, you know, those first 10 minutes of a staff meeting where everyone is looking at their phone or they're just like staring at the wall and no one's talking that if you could take those 10 minutes and just repurpose them and put play, well, we say play, but like a really purposeful play-based activity where you're intentionally driving connection and culture or talking about communication, then the team meeting actually runs more smoothly. You can actually go through your the same amount of content in less time because it takes less time to sort of warm people up and get them on the same page. They're more engaged. Mm -hmm. Data shows us that play makes us feel good internally and externally. So I think that that is the value of taking those 10 minutes and just repurposing them for culture specifically, but to drive connection and engagement. I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, just dazed out. And quite honestly, even during those staff meetings, I never warm up. Yeah, right. <laughs> that conversation just keeps going. And there, there's a PowerPoint slide and he's reading off the slides. I'm like, this isn't even a presentation. This is just dictation. I could read off these slides right now. You know, yeah. I used yeah. to work for a large corporation and we would sit in these meetings and I would, I would see these people literally the only time once a month. We would see each other. I would never, ever see each them for the rest of the month. And we would sit there and not talk to each other. And that's a missed opportunity because then they don't know me. I think play um, unearths strengths. So they, if I get a chance to see what their strengths are or, or vice versa, then I can rely on them or they, or they me when we need something. Right. And that, that's such a missed opportunity. We spend so much time just like looking at our phones and not engaging and that's, we are, we're already there. So it might as well make it purposeful. The only thing I'll say too about play is um, my favorite play-based researcher, Stuart Brown, Dr. Stuart Brown, Stu. Um, he, <laughs> we he, go way we back. Go way, we go way back, Dr. Stuart and I. Um, he always <laughs> says that you want to play without a purpose. So we've intentionally created these activities where teams can just dive in and be really present in the moment. And then the debrief is what puts a purpose on it, is what helps them connect mm. it to work. Interesting. Okay. What would be one of those activities? And would this be in the culture crates that you would be servicing? Yeah. So one, ooh, one of the activities is my favorite is um, Shmoobly Bop. So okay. maybe we'll take you through it. Yeah, do you, you want to try it out? Yeah. I am so down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. So usually we use a map, um, but we're, we're just going to talk through the, the, acti the activity. So if you could define Shmoobly Bop, like, what do you think it would be if it was a product? Like, what would it be? What would be a Shmoobly Bop? A product. I imagine it to be like a, a scat jazz singer that would um, use this for their next album. <laughs> I'm picturing right now like one of those bobbleheads 
that just like goes back and forth and like scats some shmoobly up. <laughs> you like put it on your desk and it like scats a little bit. I like that. So, Not bad. Yeah, okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, and then I guess just for, you know, full brainstorming, um, I think it could be um, just a, a whale um, that's an eraser. And so like if you need, and it's big so that like if you are drawing, you know, in a class or just at art or whatever, you need to erase on your wall because like your wall has dings on it. This, this shamoobly bop whale can help you. Okay. What do I got? Um, I think, how do you top that? I think a shamoobly bop is uh, like a hat that, um, that when you wear it, it like gives you a head massage and plays some really soothing music at the same time. And then when you take it off, it sparkles fly out. So it's like your party, like bam, sparkles. <laughs> That's what I think of Shmoobly Bop is. So our first step of Shmoobly Bop would be to individually brainstorm. And what we know about individual brainstorming is kind of what Courtney said, that hippo effect, the highest paid persons effect or group think. Being able to first like just brainstorm yourself and write as many possible ideas as what the Shmoobly Bop could be actually helps us come up with the more outside the box ideas without deferring to other people. Um, and then we get into a group and kind of prototype that down. So like narrow down what idea we want to go to market. So if we could choose like the scatting, the scat guy, the hat or the whale, what, you know, we just narrow it down to one go to market idea. So let's take the scat guy as like our go to market idea. And um, then we get to kind of think about what he does or what she does or they do. Um, like what is their special sauce? So like if we were to take it to market, how would we sell it? Um, and then we okay. would give it a catchphrase. And a yeah. jingle. I'm thinking, okay, let's let's keep going on this train. Okay. This is kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Shmoobly Bop, if I were to market this, I would picture it like a 50s setting, you know, like some red curtains, maybe like a brick uh, backdrop, you know, yes. like a jazz pianist, an upright guy, uh, upright bass. Um, How and, big is it? Uh, like almost like Louis Armstrong. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the voice. <laughs> Yeah. And I think yeah. to myself, yeah. That was like Fozzie the that's Bear. A, that's a side, um, a side hustle it's, of mine. I do, I do voices. <laughs> I don't know why you started the culture biz. I think you should have with voice acting. It's true. We have, we have many ideas. Don't worry. Well, that's awesome. So, okay. Culture crate. It seems like this is just one thing, guys. I mean, I, I'm feeling like this is a lot of creativity and I'm already feeling the endorphins pumping through my veins. Yeah, right that's so right. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So if we were doing it in real time and we take your whole team through the whole thing, come up with a jingle. And then the really fun part is you end up with this poster that, you know, hopefully someone hangs by their desk and they're like, oh my gosh, like, do you remember when we did <laughs> yeah. that? And like, you know, this great idea. And now there's just like jazz bobblehead and it <laughs> sings to us like, you know, at the end of the day and it's so great. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the voice Louis Armstrong. Like, Katie can do it. And I didn't know she could do that. And like now, like what a goofy thing to know about somebody. <laughs> and well, and also, you know, what's cool about this process is that it's repeatable. So the steps of brainstorming, if you use them in this process, will actually help your team be more successful. So even though it's playful and fun and we're talking about a, a jazz bobblehead, the steps, the individual brainstorming to then collaborative brainstorming to the narrowing, prototyping. That's a repeatable process that your team can use anytime they brainstorm. So now you have this playful poster and you have a process. And then we would debrief and talk about how to apply what they just did back to work. Awesome. Completely awesome. And this is like with the culture crate. And I'm curious what the other crate you guys have, which is the retreat crate. Yeah. I sort of think about it like a little bit more long form as opposed to yeah. just before a staff meeting, yeah. right? What's exactly. that like? Yeah, we recommend the retreat. It's really done at the same amount at the same time. So at the beginning of a retreat, maybe right after a break. Um, and the activities are similar in that they're they're themed to like be communication or brainstorming or innovation, but they do take a little bit longer. And it's really the intention behind it is really to sit and think and and work together and play a little longer and then have a really nice size debrief after so we can take it and implement it directly. So if you're at a retreat and you're strategic planning and you're doing a brainstorming strategy warm up, the concept really helps you think outside the box and think big picture. So you can use that sort of energy and that muscle that's warmed up to then 
be really specific about the strategy. So we have, you know, best sellers is one of our favorite that comes in our retreat crate. We have um, one, one where you use like a rubber chicken and a bunch of other materials and you kind of build them up and try to figure out, like actually make a product um, and, and try to sell that product and write a review based on some parameters, because we know when we brainstorm, we need parameters. We can't just like mm. brainstorm. We need to really set the foundation, I think, with, with some parameters to develop really solid ideas. We also have communication activities. We One of our favorites from the Culture Crate is uh, where teams kind of develop like a seasonal menu. They, they use Play-Doh to develop seasonal menu first individually then as a group kind of collectively come together and collaboratively problem solve how these seemingly random things kind of come together to make one cohesive dish or oh, a menu interesting yeah so like each person has a piece of play-doh and they would make their own thing yep. and they would all come together and you sort of like branch off of that or just collaboratively think of a cohesive i don't know umbrella term for all of these things right exactly that's right Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And we no, know, that's... we also know that when teams are together, we don't just want to like think. We also want to like, I'm a fidgeter. I like to have like my, my hands moving and get into things. And there's also studies that show the value of coloring or fidgeting. So a lot of, um, a lot of the materials we provide in our crates also allow for like tactile play too, mm. so that like everyone can get involved and participate. And obviously it looks like you guys did your research on like tactile play on verbal communication skills and yeah. just like brainstorming, you know, having these inhibitions be tossed to the wind and everyone just feeling comfortable in that space. And that's how sort of friendships are made, networks are made and all these things. And it's no wasted time, right? If anything, it improves the value of your team, right? Right. I want to stay on that research train, right? Yeah. Um, where do you get most of your research from? And it seems like you have a lot of inspiration from even Dr. Stu back Dr. Stu. So. <laughs> yes. Who else? Um, yeah. I mean, we, well, so one of our favorite organizational psychologists, we have a, a work crush on him is Adam. Collectively. Yes. Adam Grant is yes. our, he's, he's the guy, if, you know, if anybody, you know, said Adam's listening to this podcast, I think we'd both just <laughs> <laughs> like just squeal probably because we're so excited. <laughs> um, I mean, we look at a lot of Harvard, you know, Harvard business review yeah. Forbes, Forbes um, has Inc. some excellent articles. Yeah. And there's, I mean, the, so the nice thing is there's so much stuff on what makes people happy at work and what makes people miserable at work. And so we really like our aim has been to just try and boil all of that down from, and, and you know, and then add in our collective backgrounds, um, you know, minus sort of the, um, from an education space, Katie's is from the corporate space. And so we tried to merge them really and, you know, find kind of a perfect harmony in that. Yeah. And I'll say too that um, what makes me really excited is plays becoming part of the conversation now more than ever before. So I don't feel like we're working alone anymore because Adam Graham was just posting about the value of play and how it needs to be on our to-do list. That's not something we get for finishing our to-do list. Like it actually deserves to be on it. Esther Perel, who is a, uh, a psychologist, very like a celebrity psychologist, she just started talking about the value of play. Brene Brown has been bringing up play. So I feel like we're not alone in this fight. I think there's a lot of amazing researchers doing um, the research on play as well. Um, and that really, it, it shows, I think, the value, the 360 value, that it's not just at work, it's at home. And, um, you know, it's kind of, it's everywhere, which, which is really helpful, I think, for us. Yeah. And especially being new moms too, and having to play with kids, um, uh, they play all the time. Yep. Like, why can't we play as adults? Like yeah, this, that's it, right. it's so much more fun and engaging to be in a, in a situation where you're just, you're hanging out, you're doing things that get to know other people through games, you know, and yeah. it's play no matter what you do. You know? That's right. Cool. Um, Dr. Dr. Stuart Brown, Mr. Mr. Brown, so Dr. Brown, he says um, that, you know, in the short term that when kids don't play, you can actually see the effects manifesting. So if, you know, there are kids in situations where they're not able to play, there are some serious negative effects. And I think for adults in the short term, we can actually handle not playing. So we go to work and it's not very playful. And then maybe we find ways to play outside of work. But there are some long-term effects by not playing, um, which are lack of creativity, which are lack of connections, which are, you know, stress and burnout, which is now on the rise because of the pandemic. So I think um, the there are negative effects by not playing. So we really need to be intentional about adding it back in as a common practice and as a ritual. And I think that's what Courtney and I like really think about in terms of of play is that if you can add the ritual of play in, it starts to destigmatize that we can't play at work. 
So if leaders mm-hmm. are like, we're actually going to do this activity and we're going to do an activity every single time we meet and it's going to be a different activity that it starts to become a part of just the fiber of how teams work and it stops, you know, being less like, oh, we're going to play. And now it's like, oh, I'm so excited. What are we going to play today? And it's a different yeah. type of play too, right? It's not frivolous right? all at the same time. So like, it's all, it's, it's grounded in things that you would want to do. Yeah. Right. And lots mm. of people would, you know, have a, a collective interest in doing, it's not the same. It's not, you know, chasing your kids around or, you know, pushing down the slide, that's a different kind of play. And ours is really, it's just connection based at the end of it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, how we do that and how we can use our hands, our bodies, our minds to, to do that at work in these just intentional ways to do it is, is really yeah. what we're kind of going for as well. Because it's valuable, right? Like, because all the studies show that it's valuable and it feels good. And when we know it firsthand, right? Yeah. Like, it sounds like you do too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, firsthand is definitely a thing. Can I tell you a, l- a little story? So oh, yes, I, please. I'm not a local. You might have known that already. So I'm from <laughs> San Diego, California, and I um, transitioned over to here in Denver back in August of 2020 during the heat of the pandemic oh, wow. and all that good stuff. So it was weird. You know, I got managed to actually land a job in that same industry with the same role and everything. So I felt like, hey, I'm a pretty sociable guy uh, in the same industry. I feel like I could still pull my weight in a new team and everything like that. So I was pretty confident in going into this new role, you know. But the thing is, is everyone's working at home. Yeah. And building that connection virtually is really tough, especially when everyone else has met each other in person. You know, and so I felt kind of left out and I mentioned that to my, um, you know, my direct supervisor and he was like, you know, we were not prepared for this. It was just not something that we foresaw. And I don't want to, you know, fault them at all because no one saw this coming and no one was preparing for it. Right. Yeah. But if you were in that role of being my direct supervisor of like trying to welcome me virtually into the team, like what would you I guess, encourage and just bring out in me? Well, what I'll say is that there are more team members being onboarded virtually now than obviously ever before. So onboarding is a really great opportunity. I think it can be a missed opportunity or can be a great opportunity to fold someone into the culture. So in your case, Ian, like when people are starting at a job remotely and they're not able to meet people in person, I would prioritize culture. So if you have a strong culture, there, you know, you're going to be able to have clear communication. You're going to know who to go to when you have a challenge because you're still failing, failing forward, right? You're still failing through it being like, I don't know who to go to. What exactly am I supposed to be doing? And you can't just pop over a cubicle and ask someone, right? So forging right. those strong relationships is what's going to help you as a new team member be really successful. And then mm-hmm. just creating opportunities for people to get together so that you can know your colleagues and you can create that relationship. Um, so I think onboarding is a really great opportunity to, to, um, to get together. Um, and then I would say too, that being really intentional about how you communicate what the job is, maybe what your team culture is. So like we always say, what's your, what are the, what's the ritual? Like what are the rituals that you do at work? Being able to sort of be folded into that seamlessly, I think is really helpful. Yeah, I think we've seen a lot of like great examples of companies that have, I don't know, just like dug really deep to try and kind of go, you know, above and beyond whether it is like the whole team cooks lunch together. And, you know, someone is like dictating like, hey, everybody needs to like, grab out two pieces of bread and then like, you know, like grit your condiments and whatever that is. Um, yeah. So at least the whole team can like have the effect of, you know, lunch. Like, I, I don't know, like there's there's so many really good examples of creative ideas that we've seen. Uh, and it'll be the same thing, like when companies start to come back to work too, about yeah. being like that, that second step of being really intentional, knowing people are likely very nervous to come back, knowing that, you know, our, I don't know if it's, if it's just me or like Katie and I talk about this all the time. So I'll, I'll throw Katie in and I'll speak for her. Like, uh, you know, being in big groups, like it is a thing now, <laughs> like we haven't done it in such a long time that it feels awkward. Yeah. And even being, you know, in a room with a lot of people at, at work could just 
bring up some just feelings of anxiety. Especially if you're new and you've never met anyone in person, but there are other people who do know each other in person. That's a really uncomfortable place to be. Um, And so like being really intentional as the management of, you know, knowing, oh my gosh, I have, I have to work so much harder right now to make sure that my team feels comfortable, safe, Mm. you know, all of those things that, that will help your productivity, but also keep your people intact. We also know that there's you know, like a lot of people that are leaving their jobs right now, thinking it's either not worth it to continue as they had been, um, find more meaning elsewhere. And so really like our, our whole goal also with all of our products is to keep good people where they are because they're happy, they feel connected, and they also feel connected to each other as well as management. So there's not a top down, it's just, you know, like a really horizontal structure um, with, oh, yeah. with all of it's the like really- webs of relationships. Yeah, that's a really good point you brought up. You keep good people where they are. That's right. You know, and it costs a lot to onboard another person, you know, whether that's going through insurance and HR and all that good stuff. So keeping that person that you value the most and making sure that they're happy is of the utmost importance in this case. So that's that's, right. That's crucial. I would also say too, like you prioritize face-to-face time when you're virtual. So, you know, we've all been in those meetings where one person's talking, but everyone's off camera. Yeah. And there's obviously opportunities to be off camera. It is exhausting being on camera every single day, especially when we're not used to this like intense staring that we have to do on a regular basis. But there's also sometimes where it's really valuable. So, you know, we have this amazing asset of Zoom or, or Teams or whatever it is that you use to just put some people in a breakout room and give them a chance to get to know each other on a human level um, out, you know, outside of the work stuff. I think that's like Zoom is incredible for that. We have breakout rooms, which we didn't have before. So we should be able to use that technology and still do the same onboarding stuff, but also prioritize like you're going to meet some people that, you know, might be colleagues of yours that you're going to work with on a regular basis and just get to know them as humans. Oh my gosh. You guys are speaking truths to me in so many <laughs> different ways. I love it. Yeah. So I mean, I'm curious too, who is your main clientele? Like, mm-hmm. are you working mainly with small businesses, larger businesses, or who is it? We're kind of across the board right now. I think um, mostly it's people who already have a culture plan in place. So they're just looking for ways to continue to to add culture into their regular kind of culture building principles. So um, we have a slew of early childhood educators playing our crates right now. Um, They did it sort of in their professional development week. Uh, Those are people sort of who already know fundamentally, I think, why play is so important. And so they're, they're playing. We have um, some nonprofits playing. We have small business. We're kind of across the board, actually. Um, we're seeing a lot of um, opportunities, I think, for virtual retreats and holiday um, holiday meetings or holiday retreats because holidays are coming. People are still virtual. So I think we're seeing a lot of um, opportunities for us to lead virtual team building um, with our crates also um, to help teams build culture in during the holidays because that's this is a tricky time right no one you know no one wants to be together necessarily in big groups so but they still want it to be a playful experience so we have holiday boxes specifically catered to that population as well you know you have something for everyone whether that's staying virtual and staying remote or if you have a group of people going back into the office there's something for that too so it's really yeah. cool that you guys have um just seen all angles of it and you're well, still able to we experienced a lot of value it. it i think i mean we started this during the pandemic right like we were piloting our in-person crate crates right as the pandemic hit and everyone went virtual so i think it's been a byproduct of of needing to uh-huh. innovate of needing to sort of pivot to where what people are needing. And when when we pivoted, we saw this massive disconnection and we really wanted to help people. So we built virtual crates and then we saw people coming back to work and there was anxiety about that. And so we kind of rebuilt our our in-person crates. And what's amazing, I think, is that um, Courtney and I, we've like iterate, we've iterated and learned, I think, from a lot of the feedback that we received and made the product better, which I think is is what you do, right? You continue to to tweak and make it better and better. And we really rely on our, um, our customers to tell us kind of about their experience because it's so unique to them. And then I think we built a better product because of yeah, the feedback. Yeah. And I think I was like, you know, reflecting on it a little bit as well, the, we had, you know, at the, the, when was it like March, 2020 before everything shut down, Katie and I, we'd built activities of like 
you know, hold hands with, or like, you know, hold a, a piece of like, hold a ball, you know, between your arms and with a, you know, with a coworker and you're going to like walk it to the other side. Like no one wants to get that close to each other anymore. Yep. So like one of the other big things that's shifted is it is all COVID friendly. And I think as Katie said, so like, you know, instead of it being um, a virtual handshake, or sorry, a handshake, now it's a virtual handshake and it actually, or a no touch, or no touch <laughs> yeah. handshake. And it makes it more fun, I think as well, because it's just like, even wilder than it would have been. Yeah. Um, but also then it's, you know, COVID friendly and sort of timely with where the world is now. And I don't know if anybody will actually go back to giving everybody in the room a high five or a handshake anymore. That's not for us to say or not to say, but, um, you know, certainly we have activities that will go with where the trends are. Yeah. So I don't like to give credit to us, like thinking about all the angles so much as that we experienced it firsthand and had to, you know, if we are a small business and we're, but we both have jobs. And so I think tr- we we want to be able to still stay relevant and be able to answer to what the industry needs. And so being able mm-hmm. to do our research and kind of listen to where people are at, we've I think we've just iterated because of the situation. Yeah, totally. And I, I'm actually just imagining the uh, long distance handshake, just almost like a mini dance with each other, you know, but it's oh, we cool. Have that it's too. We have that too. Yeah, yeah, no, it basically is though. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And that's something you can do over Zoom too, right? Like there's also little things. And I think, you know, we have all been on, you know, umpteen Zoom meetings or virtual meetings that, you know, hopefully, well, I think Katie and I have tried to refine it a little bit, but certainly like there's ways to be clever about how you do your meetings, how you can still engage people, even though they could be, you know, miles and miles and miles apart um, or even in different countries. And, you know, so that's, that's really been the aim of a lot of our development as well, that we can connect as best we can. Um, for, for, you know, for where we're at right now and still, I don't know, just make people feel seen and appreciated and um, connected. Yeah. I think there's something that comes up for me too there because there, I think with play, there's a danger of it being like toxic positivity that like you have to be happy when you play. Um, And I think one of the things that we're really intentional about and why the debrief is so foundational to the work that we do is that you can be stressed or burned out or having a rough day or your kids are virtually learning behind you and you can play an activity and you can show up with where you're at. So being able to debrief and say, I see where that's valuable and I'm having a rough day (laughs) and thank you for like just being present. And I think that, I think Mm -hmm. that's just an opportunity when everyone's together and has built up those relationships to be able to also call out that it's been a rough year or I'm having a rough day or whatever that might be because those connections are there and I think they're established and the trust is built. Yeah. No, dude, that, that's incredible. I mean, the partnership developing even within, you know, the culture or the team itself of the, the employer, you know, it's, it's just so foundational. You know, I keep going back to the fact that, you know, kids like to play, you know, yeah. and they have so much growth from one year to the next. You don't, you hardly even know how old your kid is anymore. You know, it's like, you're telling holy me. Crap, you guys do- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of partnerships, I do want to bring up your partnership with the snack riot. Yeah. You did, did some cool things with them where, um, you know, I, I, I know in my history that I've tried my best to contribute to certain teams or certain meetings, but I was just hangry. You know, <laughs> I, I want to make sure that, you know, the, the team meetings and the teammates are all like in the right mindset before you get into these deeper conversations of the actual work. Right. So how did that partnership come into fruition and what made you actually reach out to the snack riot? We have some amazing partnerships actually that we're, that we've been navigating through. I think that's part of what we do is that team building kind of goes well with food and it goes well with experience, like any other kind of meaningful experience. So eating together is an experience like being, we've all been in meetings where like someone's brought food and and everyone like it's gone by the end of the meeting. Right. So um, snack riot, you know, what's amazing about where we're at techno technologically is that, you know, we forged a lot of relationships because of social media and because, you know, other women founded companies support women founded companies. So Snack Riot in particular came out of that really just out of a relationship that we were trying to cultivate with another women run business that we saw, I would say, like a, a partnership with. We're also partnering with a company called Cheers in a Box. And they do a lot of virtual engagements where they send like snacks also, but like, um, like, uh, cocktails and then you get to like make a cocktail and do a team building uh, activity at the same time. So I think that's, that's our, one of our our newest opportunities is to really figure out how we can partner with other um, small businesses, support other small businesses 
and collaborate in a way that that's like a full total experience and not just, Hmm. not just play. Yeah. Women owned businesses supporting women owned businesses. Yes. We support other businesses too, but we also like to support women owned businesses in part because, you know, it's, we, it's harder, I think, right. Especially right now to be a woman owned business, especially a woman owned small business. So we like to, Mm -hmm. if we have the money, we like to support um, small businesses in any way that we can. I'm right there with you. The whole, uh, I love to go to farmer's markets and I I know that about you. I saw that. Well, thank you. Thank you. But I mean, it's, (laughs) It's an amazing uh, opportunity, like knowing that you're supporting their, I don't know, paying their mortgage or getting their groceries for them. You know, it's, it's a more one-on-one connection than, you know, dealing with a sales rep at a, like a footlocker or something like that. That's right. You know, the money's not directly going to them, but. Yeah. I mean, every single sale that we make, whether it's a workshop or a crate, we call each other, we jump up and down. I mean, it makes such a difference because we, we are, we are grinding and we are working um, to try and figure out how to keep ourselves relevant and in business, especially with having to pivot so many times, you know, it's been financially challenging to keep ourselves in business. So like you said, every sale for a small business counts and like matters so much to us. I was going to say, and we're margarita people. So that is the other, (laughs) it's like, but you know, I mean, I think it's to Katie's point, right? Like we, we really just so appreciate people that um, understand what the culture business is up to want to purchase our project, you know, our products do purchase our products. Um, And so we celebrate and it's just like a moment of joy as well from, you know, many, many different angles in the same way we hope it sparks in some of uh, the meetings and retreats that we're a part of. Oh, I, I love it. Uh, every little celebration counts. What, what, what's that saying? Uh, what gets celebrated gets replicated, right? You got to make sure. I like that. Hey, that one's for free. That's all for you. <laughs> but, I mean, what gets celebrated gets replicated. I mean, I started to do that with, you know, even with dog training. Dogs respond so well with treats, you know, like teaching them tricks and things like that. I don't want to compare humans to dogs exactly, but nonetheless, like all beings, if you will, respond to positive reinforcement, you know, that extra additive, mm-hmm. like incentive, right? Mm-hmm. So. We fully agree with you. We, yeah, totally. I, I was just going to share, you know, an anecdote from a team that I was a part of. Some of it is also getting to know your team really, really well so that they feel yeah. celebrated for whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we, we made these like really, um, they were not expensive bracelets, um, and they said the values of the company on them. And we had, you know, pr- sort of periodic rituals where we would give them out, um, where people could acknowledge and shout out each other. And so all of a sudden, everybody's like wearing these bracelets to work. So they're work appropriate. Um, and it's super fun. And people felt totally called out in a good way um, for the yeah, hard work yeah, yeah. that they did. And, you know, so it's like a lot of it's knowing what what is going to work with your team, knowing your audience, but you have to have the relationships with your team to do that, too. Yeah. One of our activities that we have in in one of our crates is called notes of appreciation. And I think kind of along the lines of celebration, there's a lot of times I think where we forget to celebrate the little things we do, like, you know, blow out holiday parties or someone's birthday will maybe celebrate them. But we, we firmly believe, and I think the data shows that the more you can celebrate each other on like a one-to-one basis more regularly, the more that people want to, to continue to do good work. So we have one of our quick activities. So we, in our crates, we provide five minute, really super easy activities. Um, And one of them is like a, an appreciation note that you write to one person on your team and you actually give it to them and show them how much they, they, you, you see them and value the work that, that they do. And I think that the little stuff I think makes such a big difference. Oh man, it's almost like giving your wife flowers on any random day, as opposed to only Valentine's Day. That's right. That's the exact work parallel. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly right. I've learned the hard way. It's uh, (laughs) definitely necessary. (laughs) And they're way cheaper if you give them on on days that aren't Valentine's Day. (laughs) Well, I have to say, I have a couple more questions. I don't want to take too much of y'all's time. But uh, number one being, when are you two going on Shark Tank? (laughs) Well, hopefully right after this podcast airs, Ian. (laughs) Shark Tank is on our bucket list. Yeah, I mean, you guys got Lori, something going on. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> what's his name, Mister Pleasant? Oh, Mister Wonder, Mister Wonderful, Mister Wonderful. Yeah, yeah we want, we want, we want Lori. Oh yeah, Lori's great <laughs> for sure. Well, again, thank you, Katie, Courtney, for just spending your busy time just with me. But before I go, and before I let you all go, I have a couple of questions called the no brainers. These are questions I ask every guest that I'll have you say, yeah, that's a no brainer, whatever. So number one, if you had some advice for your younger self, what would it be? I'll start with Courtney first. 
I mean, I feel, I guess just breathe. Like it's going to be fine. <laughs> I would say to my younger self, um, don't sweat the small stuff. I get, I get really, I got, as a younger person, I got really bent out of shape about some of the little stuff that wasn't as foundational. I think now that I'm older, I have a little more perspective that that's not, that's not quite as important as I, as I thought it was. For sure. No, I, uh, branching off of that saying, I really liked one that was kind of like that. It's a variant called don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. (laughs) Really good good advice. advice. (laughs) Okay. So number two, who deserves a shout out? And I know there's a long list for you, but maybe if you got a couple and who has supported and hyped you up along the way. We've had a lot of amazing supporters. I think a lot of people that have just shown us so much love. Yeah, we um we have a uh, a couple women that work with us that um that are have been incredible I think in building our brand. So as you saw us on the news, those are people that are working really hard for us as well. So we wanted to shout out Bold Story Marketing and um, Persist Publicity. They've been absolutely incredible partners in helping us really develop our um our our network and I think our our build our community. Um, we also have I would say someone who. He doesn't call us um, our mentor, but I told him he got the job anyway. Um, one he's of our an angel mentor. He's an angel, <laughs> angel mentor. Um, one of our friends, Ben Lusher. He's been an incredible. He's a an incredible businessman, and I think um, just knows about business in a way that we don't. And has just been like donating his time and calling us and giving us such incredible uh, ideas. And we've, I think we have a wealth of people like that. Who've well, just I think been... we'd be remiss not to mention Carol, who is my mom, Carol! who was our biggest Instagram fan from the beginning. <laughs> and, you know, Carol. even those very few likes, Carol is always oh, there. Yes. So. <laughs> and she's like our editor extraordinaire. So we give her all of our stuff. She brings it back and with all marked up with her red pen. Carol's the best, what, the best <laughs> underpaid employee we have. <laughs> We don't pay her a cent. And our biggest fan. And our biggest fan. (laughs) We all need a Carol in our lives. We do. It's so true. And also, I think uh, we'll shout out our significant others as well. I think they've put up with so much weekend meetings. And we, Courtney and I will meet really in any pocket of time we have. So on the weekends, in the evenings, um, our partners are have been pretty incredible, I think, in supporting and championing. Our, I'll speak for at least mine, no, but I'm sure, sure it's yours true as well. Ways. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely love it. Um, I will put everyone that you mentioned in the show notes as well. So if anyone ever wants to like support the other affiliates of helping your business grow, Hey, it's all in the show notes. So nice. awesome. awesome. Um, number three, what's the next big thing for the culture biz? And can the audience provide anything of value for the culture biz? Well, aside from our holiday boxes, which we're really excited about, and I think our, our team virtual team building that we're planning on doing in the holidays, our next big thing is really to tailor the boxes for things like strategic planning. So if you have a strategic planning retreat coming up, we're our goal is to really take some of our activities and help them act as a warm up for building strategy and really tailor the debrief and the language to be around strategy. Um, yeah, I mean, we know that like people are not going to come together probably at the office as they used to. And so it's going to be those like really, like really like honing in on the time people have in the same room. And so, yeah, a lot of it, you know, is just trying to use that time really, really well and really intentionally. And so there's not that dead time. Like really, no one should be on their phones. You should be doing our crates um, and connecting so that you're mission focused and that you can get your strategic plan in and then go home and, you know, then go on your phone or whatever you need to do at that point. Yeah. And we want to stay in business and not go through another pandemic. That would be that would be an amazing <laughs> goal for us this year. Yeah, going back to the completely present thing, uh, that's a whole different podcast in itself. But I I've been trying to be a little bit more present and not think about the past or the future, but just being here, right here, right now, with the people that you're enjoying your time with. So well, and what's great really about that, important. and not to like harp on it, but play actually fundamentally lets us be present. You are mm. in the moment where you're at, you're not really thinking about yourself and all your to-do lists. You are so present. And I think that that that's one of the reasons why we love it is it just lets us be so in the moment. Yeah. And so my kids love it too, right? Yeah. As kids are so focused on where they're at, right? You know, then and there 360. Yeah. And um yep. that's, you know, as adults, we just sort of put our blinders up or get focused on something else or like the next, you know, like the next thing or the next three things that are coming up. And so it just you just get to be here. So true. Thank you for making that 360 (laughs) topic go. I love it. 
a complete story. Thank you. Uh, number four of the no-brainers, what's the best way for people to contact you and get more information about The Culture Biz? So you people can go to our website, www.theculturebiz.com, or you can reach out to us at info at theculturebiz.com. And we're happy to answer any questions. Our website shares all about our virtual workshops, all about our prepackaged crates, um, and it's really a one-stop shop. There's also some free activities on our website. So anytime people are looking to team build without materials and they just want to get a, a sense of kind of how we like to play or start a meeting, there's some free activities there for people to play that are virtual, can be done virtually. Excellent. Everyone, audience, Katie and Courtney have also been on Fox, uh, <laughs> Channel 2 News. Uh, these They're going places. You know, check out their boxes on the show, on their website uh, and everything like that. Even check out the articles written about them. They are, yes, you were going to say, Katie? I was going to say, we actually have a promo code for the Big Locals audience so that uh, your audience can get a discount on our crates. So it's Big Locals 20, B-I-G, spelled Big Locals 20. Um, and it gives 20% off of all of our prepackaged crates, our one-time crates, just so people can get a sense of what it's like and, and get a get a taste for culture building through play. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Katie and Courtney. Check them out. Um, the culture biz seems like a fantastic business idea. And I wish I had it back when I was transitioning to my new spot. Uh, kudos and you know, thanks for your time. Have a great day. Ian, thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure talking to you and thank you for the opportunity. Yes, Ian, thanks so much. You're the best. All right. We can bring culture back into the conversation, Katie and Courtney. Where were y'all when I needed you starting a job here in Denver? To all you business owners out there with employees, if, if you want to hire someone who interviewed well and will be a great addition to the team, make sure they feel welcomed and part of the culture within your business early on in their start. I'm not going to fault my previous employer with um, you know, the whole COVID situation and the onboarding process. It's definitely a weird time for everyone. Um, but you know, now that we know that this can happen, maybe again in, in our lifetimes, God forbid, you could be prepared for it by using the culture biz as part of your arsenal for onboarding. It took me a while just to get things going and feel comfortable about being myself, even virtually. So this was a really good icebreaker for those who are uh, onboarding with a new business. And don't forget to use the coupon BIGLOCALS20 for your 20% discount off of a culture crate or retreat crate. Uh, Try it out and see for yourself how fun it is. I appreciate you all listening to the podcast and sticking around for season three. Hit me up if you have any particular guests or potentially great guests for the podcast. If you have a recommendation on a market I haven't experienced yet, or if you want to talk real estate, let me know. Let's let's talk. Let's chat. It's a new and exciting venture in all aspects, and I can't wait to explore it with you all. Cheers. And as always, shop local, support local, Big Locals Podcast. See ya. When it gets cold outside. And you've got nobody to love You'll understand what I mean When I say there's no way Necessarily critical. I have the tendency of getting very physical. So watch your step, cause if I do, you need a miracle. You drain me dry, make me wonder why I'm even here. The double vision I was seeing is finally clear. You wanna stay, but you know very well I won't be gone. I'm fit to never turn the ground that I'm walking on. When it gets cold outside and you got nobody to love, you'll understand why. Is there anyone out there? It's getting harder and harder to breathe. What you are doing is screwing things up inside my head. You should know better. You never listen to what I said.
a pillow, riding in a naked sweat. Open some money someday, what do you like a damn? When it gets cold outside and you got nobody to love, you'll understand what I mean when I say there's no way we're gonna give up. Like a little surprise in the face of a monster that lives in a dream. Is there anyone out there? It's getting harder and harder to breathe. Is there anyone out there? It's getting harder and harder to breathe. Does it kill? Does it burn? Is it painful to learn that it's me who has all the control? Does it thrill, does it sting when you feel what I bring And you wish that you had it all Thank you.